Hello and welcome to this week's A Photographic Life. Uh, about a week or so ago now, there was a lot of discussion um, online and on social media around a collaboration between Squarespace, the website template providing company, and Unsplash, who I wasn't totally, in fact, I wasn't aware of at all. They seem to be some kind of a, a syndication company, seem to be some kind of a cross between stock imagery and perhaps something like Instagram, where you can kind of like images and so forth. Um, and people seem to be very happy on Unsplash, um, I presume, from the comments I saw, that um, they upload their pictures on there and that they're given away for free, that uh, Unsplash um, see that as content that they own. Um, I'm sure there are all sorts of sign-up clauses when you when you join Unsplash. And that um, they had made a collaboration deal of some kind with Squarespace um, and that uh, they were also going to be involved in a competition, Unsplash Awards and so forth. Now, I'm well aware that to, to get involved in discussions around the, the rights and the wherefores of a particular uh, collaboration such as that requires a lot of legal knowledge and a lot of knowledge about what's involved and what people are signing up for. But what it did take me back to was a few experiences that I've had with stock imagery. Um, I suppose really where I first came to it was at the end of the uh, 1990s when I was working for uh, a global stock agency and kind of advising them as to how they could take stock into the future. Um, there were libraries full of material um, which they had to digitize, which was pretty much useless. Um, a lot of it was very much, was very dated or in poor quality as prints or transparencies. So it's quite difficult. But what I discovered, and I'd never been involved in stock prior to that, what I discovered um, speaking to the photographers, particularly in America, was that this was a business which they felt that they would contribute to. Um, shoots were paid for by the, the uh, stock agency. Sometimes there were, there were commissions that were being funded. Um, sometimes the photographers were funding them themselves. Uh, there were a number of photographers I met in uh, America who were working through the summers, going on long summer holidays, really, with their families on trips, photographing those trips, then submitting that work in large numbers, because let's face it, stock is a numbers game, um, submitting that work uh, and then doing very well out of it and not really having to work very much for the rest of the year. It really was funding them. So it was a business model that seemed to work for both parties. What I then started to understand about stock were these uh, in this dates it, the CDs, royalty-free CDs, CDs that companies or clients could buy, full of images considered to be perhaps more generic or lower in creative quality, which they could use without any issue. They would pay a one-off license for the images on that CD, and away they would go. That now seems to have, have reached a point at which um, stock is now royalty-free to all intents and purposes across the majority. I always hear, and of course there is always the um, exception that proves the, proves the rule of people who are earning large amounts of money from stock. However, 
I sometimes feel that needs to be drilled down into as to the actual reality of that. I found myself uh, about a week or so ago in a presentation being given by a stock agency in the UK. And they were very nice people. They were talking about the work and they were showing images which had made large amounts of money, $20,000, $30,000 per image. The moment I saw these images, I instantly could see issues, primarily issues concerning rights, um, property rights, uh, personal rights for people, international problems for the use of these images from one country to another where rights change and press uh, releases that are required um, are different from one country to another on various national laws. So there are all sorts of issues in these, um, these images that were being shown. A number of people in the audience questioned the same things that I was thinking. Um, and the answer that came back was that, don't worry about this. I'm sure it's all fine. Um, our lawyers will um, we'll sort this out if any issue comes about. You're protected by our lawyers. That triggered another memory. A few years ago, I was um, working uh, a lot in Spain and I came across a house which was owned by two German doctors. A very beautiful house and I asked whether or not they would be happy for me to come into the house and photograph the house with the idea of syndicating the images that I created as an interior story. They were perfectly happy. I went to the house, we had coffee, we did the pictures, everything was fine. And I asked them to sign all of the property releases and personal releases and so forth that were required. And that was okay. I submitted that work to my um, stock agency, my syndication agency actually, because at that point I wasn't really playing the stock game. We're talking about 13, 14 years ago now, but occasionally when stories had already appeared in magazines, I would pass them on to my syndication agency and obviously they would sell those for me around the globe and the particular agency I had specialised in interiors. I then got a very um, irate German uh, solicitor contacting me saying that um, the people were not happy that they had seen the pictures appearing in a German magazine and they were going to be taking action against me, despite the fact that everything I had done was legal. To cut a long story short, I ended up having to refund um, a thousand euro, which was the fee to basically just get the people off of my back. The legal fees that were going to be incurred were going to be far more than that. And I had to take the pictures off sale, even though I had done everything correctly. As far as my syndication was agency were concerned, it was nothing to do with them. It was all down to do with me. And they immediately washed their hands of the whole situation. And talking of stock and these images in this talk the other week, I wasn't convinced by the idea that the stock agency were going to be in my corner if things got awkward with a brand or with somebody or a person or a property, whatever it may be, whoever was complaining about those images. If we follow that through on its logical kind of, uh, to its logical conclusion, we go back to that Squarespace and Unsplash 
And I wonder how many people who are very happy to give away their images to Unsplash, to be given away for free, for Squarespace to also give away this imagery for people to use how they wish. I wonder how many of them actually understand the legal implications in those images. Um, I wonder how many of them have questioned uh, the people that they're giving their work to, because obviously this isn't just Unsplash and Squarespace. This is a, a whole load of different companies out there who are currently doing this. Are they really explaining the realities? Great work's being done and has always been done in the UK by the Association of Photographers in trying to fight for these rights and they have all sorts of paperwork that you can download. I'm not sure if you have to be a member or not to download that paperwork. Either way, education is always the key in these situations. And whatever our feelings are about um, the massive imagery that's being created and what people are seeing that imagery as being from a, a financial perspective to make revenue from. Uh, it's got to be the responsibility of companies like Unsplash and Squarespace and others to actually educate very clearly uh, the people who are supplying those images. Because I wonder if the game gets going gets tough how many of those syndication agencies are going to stand by their photographers. Last week, I spoke um, very briefly about a little experiment, a workshop I was going to try um, with some students, uh, university first-year students um, that I was due to teach. And the idea really was to sort of go back to my training, I suppose, on seeing. Uh, I didn't study photography. As I may have mentioned before in the podcast, I did actually do a degree in graphic design. And prior to that, in UK education, we all had to do what was called a foundation year, where we would explore painting, drawing, sculpture, textiles, graphics, photography, uh, a whole range of different, um, different things. As part of that, I have to say, my leaning was always far more towards drawing than it was to photography. And um, one of the, I suppose, the key... Um, things I learned was the difference between looking and seeing is exactly the same difference between hearing and listening. And what I was really trying to do was to encourage the students to understand this difference between seeing and looking in their work and using, as I, I said last week, the, that analog analogy of the cost incurred in pressing the shutter button, that's now gone. And so too often it's very easy to just lift the camera, whatever type of camera that may be, press the shutter and think that's okay. To work at surface level, to not actually travel into the, the, the image and to see the image before you create it. To be aware of the, the composition, the juxtapositions, the, the textures, the lights, the forms, the shapes that are intrinsic to successful photography. Anyway, the way in which I did this was by laying down a, a huge roll of paper on the floor and handing out charcoal sticks. And we went through a whole series of, of drawing exercises. Uh, and what I can say is it was really successful. Um, the students loved it. And um, it really 
brought home to them in a very, I suppose, primeval feeling, that idea of just holding a piece of charcoal and being able to make a series of makes was very immediate for them, and it worked really well. If you're um, able to go onto the website, or if you're listening to this podcast via the website at unitednationsofphotography.com, there is actually a photograph of the students engaged in this practice. So if you are interested in that, then have a look. Um, if you are involved in education, or, or if you want to explore this more, just get yourself an object that you're interested in, some, sh some sheets of paper, some sticks of charcoal and draw quick pictures of that object and really concentrate on looking at that object to, to go past the looking to get to the seeing because that's really where the interest lies. A good few years ago now, um, the photographer Marielle Mark produced uh, a really powerful book of work uh, titled Prom alongside a film which her partner Martin Bell created also titled prom it's a beautiful book i really recommend it a very simple um, idea for a project of photographing um, couples on prom night across america and to do this she used a very large format camera uh, and i think it was on polaroid film as well when the book came out uh, i was very keen to talk to her about that project um, and today's uh, photo story is a, a short extract from that conversation that we had. And it was interesting going back and listening to it because what I recognised was that um, as part of the conversation about a specific project, she focused on what she felt was important in portrait photography. So this week's um, revisited conversation is with Mary Ellen Mark. I couldn't agree more. Um, 
I was talking last week about um, networks and that whole thing of uh, friendships and how long-lasting they are. It was funny last week because, um, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, that we had a screening of the Bill J film uh, this week down in Cardiff. And it was great to meet lots of people who actually I'd completely forgotten about that I'd had email conversations with or Twitter conversations with. Um, nearly uh, would have been, I suppose, about five or six years ago. Um, it can always be awkward um, to make sure that you kind of got on five or six years ago. And, and fortunately, we did. So it was really nice to um, have those conversations. Also, over the past week, I've been catching up with people who I worked with 20 years ago. And we're talking. I'm talking with somebody in particular about bringing back a project that we worked on 20 years ago. So that whole thing just keeps going on. Uh, last week also, we had the uh, Danny North um, gave us his um, "What does he feel about photography?" and we've had an incredibly positive response to that podcast. Um, it's certainly already proving to be one of the most popular and one of the most listened to. So as I did last week, I thank Danny for his positivity in approaching the question, um, but also his honesty and rawness in the way in which he did answer the question, because there's no doubt that it's hit a nerve with a lot of people. And I think it's provided um, that sense of feeling that you're not alone. Um, which is really, I suppose, part of what this podcast is about. When people ask me how it's going and and what it's about, I always say that, that, you know, the idea is to try and put an arm around the shoulder and maybe it's like that, that uh, chat in the corner of a coffee shop or in the corner of a pub, which doesn't really need to go anywhere. But at the end of it, hopefully, it's just kind of opened a few doors to make you feel a little bit better. As always, if you've enjoyed the podcast, do please rate us on uh, iTunes. Um, I don't think it takes too long, and it would be great if you could do that. It really helps us um, get up those kind of ratings and so forth, which means that more people become aware of the podcast, um, which is great. Uh, we're available on all of the usual um, platforms where you get your podcasts from. Uh, that includes SoundCloud, uh, RealPlayer, and um, Podbean. Uh, I suppose, as we said last week, um, these cold grey days can sometimes get to us a, a little bit. And um, I know it's certainly cold and damp in the shed this week. But Christmas is coming. No goose is getting fat. So let's hope uh, everybody has a good week coming up. And uh, as always, don't forget, take care. Thank you.